He was good to me even when I was messing up. Even when I wasn't following, me, following him around, he, he was still good to me. All of our kids can be dismissed to go to their classes this morning. <clears throat> I want to talk to you this morning about knowing God. You have to listen to God to know God, right? You can't just do all the talking. You don't get to know somebody if you do all the talking all the time. And it's rather annoying when somebody does all the talking, right? My wife says I have that problem sometimes. I do all the talking and don't do a lot of listening. A couple of us thought that was funny. Sister Kendall, you must think of that about me too. <laughs> you thought about your husband. <laughs> he was doing the listening. <laughs> it can get annoying to other people sometimes. You ever been around somebody that just does all the talking? I, I do that a lot of times. So are you just trying to get by in life? Are, are, you, are you just getting by enough so that you can have heat in your house? Just to pay that heat bill. We may not have air in the summertime. We, we might have to run a fan, but we'll have heat in the wintertime, right? Or just, just getting by enough to drive an old car. Don't have any expectations or any aspirations to ever own a, a, a nicer car. Just getting by, right? Just getting by enough just to feed your children, right? I can feed them macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. Hey, Amen. We may never have a T-bone. We may never have a filet mignon or a porterhouse, whatever you all like. We may never have crab legs, but I can feed them some so I'm just getting by enough just to feed them, just, just getting by, right? Or do you want more? Do you want all that you can have? Now, I talk about this in the natural so often because we can see in the natural. We can see things and how they go. Do you want more than where you're at, than, than where you're at right now, than your, your current state, right? There's more to be had, amen? There's more out there. You all know this, right? There's more out there than what we're living in. Do you want to just barely get by in your spiritual life? You know, your spiritual life affects the natural. Amen. Think about this, how God made the earth. He spoke and bang, there's your big bang theory. Everything came into existence, right? The spiritual realm can affect the natural realm. It says the spirit hovered over the waters. The spirit's the one that did the work in it, right? So spiritual things affect the natural. But if you're barely getting by spiritually, it's no wonder you're barely getting by the natural. Amen. If you're struggling in the natural, look at your spiritual life. When's the last time you hung out with God? When's the last time you talked to him? When's the last time you shut up and listened to him? When's the last time you fasted and prayed? When's the last time you got into your word? Amen. Not just enough to get by. I'm talking about really delving into your word, really digging into your word. Amen. Really studying it and asking God what he wants you to know from it. Really having a relationship with him. Every good relationship reciprocates, right? It goes one way, and then it goes the other way, and then it goes one way, and it goes the other way. It, it returns back, back to center, right? If you're barely getting by, you're barely struggling in the natural, what about your spiritual life? You get out spiritually uh, uh, what you put into it. Amen? You'll get out spiritually what you put in. So, so if you're here Sunday and you can't wait to get out of here, you know who you are. Lord, I hope he don't preach long today. I really don't want to get joined in this praise and worship. I just want to stand here and get the time to pass so I can get out of here. That's what you're going to get. You ain't going to get much out of it, right? You might get a little bitty nugget here somewhere or other, but you could come to a, a, a seven-course meal. Amen. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm in the mind of greatness, but this word is. This word is right here that we're about to teach you in the story. So, so in the spiritual, you'll get out just exactly what you put in, right? And you can't, uh, if you can't wait to get out of here today, well, then there you are. But if you want more, begin to make church your priority. 
And I'm just saying this is one thing that when you make church your priority, more importantly, make God your priority. Amen. Amen. Because when you make God your priority, you'll want to come to church. When God's your priority, you don't have to be forced to come to church. You don't have to come in and can't stay awake. It's, it's, it's boring you to death. You can't stay off your cell phone. You can't stay off your device. That's not how it is for you. When, you. when you have God first, you come into his house, you can't wait to get here and praise him. You can't wait to get here and worship him. Amen? You can't wait to get here and hear what the preacher's going to preach about because I'm going to take this word today and I'm going to apply it to my life and it's going to help me and it's going to change my mind. It's going to change my way of thinking. It's going to change my actions. It's going to change my life. It's going to change my mind. It's going to change my children's life. It's going to change my family for generations. That's what I'm looking for today. That's what I'm looking for today, right? So if you think about it, though, where you put God on your priority list and your church attendance is directly related. Because if I'm on fire for God and I'm pushing into him for all I'm worth and I'm wanting more from God, I can't wait to get back to the house of God. The house of God is my help. That's where I'm taught of his word. That's my help. That's where I receive my help. But if God's somewhere down lower than my job and my finances and my spouse and my relationships with other people and my hobbies and my habits and fill in the blank. If he's somewhere else down, then your relationship with the church will be somewhere else less than those things also, right? <clears throat> and if you're handicapped or if you're sick, you have a disability, you haven't been, been here a while, I'm not talking to you today, okay? Not, that's, that's not, I'm, ta- I'm talking to the rest of y'all. Everybody who's able to be here, yeah. amen? Most of us are able. Yeah. We're the, the majority are able, right? But you've got to listen to know him. You've got to listen to know him. You have to be teachable, yeah. amen? You can't come in here and know it all. You can't come in here and think you've already spiritually arrived. If you think you've already arrived, you're mistaken. You're deceived. You've deceived your own self if you think you're already there. Because there's always more to get out of his word, right? You have to be open to change. More than being open to change. Now, now I might change today, Pastor, if you say something profound. Amen. You've got to be ready to change. Coming in here looking for change, ready for change. When you get into his word, not just in the church, but when you get into his word, be ready for change. Not just be open to change if you see something that slaps you upside the head, but, but ready for change and looking for change because I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm being perfected, so what's my next step in perfection, God? I want to keep stepping toward perfection. Amen? So we got to be looking for change and ready, not, not just ready for change, but looking for change. I want to tell you a story today about the seven sons of Siva who just wanted to get by. They wanted to compromise still a little bit, you see, and that's where most of us live at. We want to come to church and feel good about it, get touchy-feely with God, and, and, and some of us want to move into the deeper things of God, but some of us want to stay right next door to compromise. Some of us want to just dabble around a little bit in other things. Amen? It's easy to come to church a little bit and then compromise, but, but those, who will, those, those few who will, who will sign up to be sold out, you got to cut the compromise out of the deal. Amen. So I want to talk to you about today about, about some fellows who were, who, who were playing a spiritual role, but they still wanted to be able to compromise. They still wanted to be able to do the things that they enjoyed or they wanted to do, right? So in Acts 19, 11 through 16, God had ex- did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken, into, taken to the sick and their illness were cured and the evil spirits left them. So when someone sees someone like this who's who's operating in the giftings of the uh, of the spirit, they want to be like that. So they get out and they try to get a hold of that thing. But you got to listen to know them. It's about the relationship. 
You see, you can try to imitate someone who's anointed, but you can never imitate the anointing. It'll never work out for you, right? You, you might be able to speak better. You might be able to spit further. But it's not going to work out. You, you can't duplicate the anointing of God. So 13 says, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of, of, of the Lord Jesus over, I just spit on my own screen, over those who were demon-possessed. They, they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, see, there was no personal experience, no personal relationship. They were saying, in the name of this Jesus Christ that Paul's preaching about, and we see just his articles of clothing going over and healing people and casting out demons. So in the name of that Jesus that he knows about, let me tell you something, Mr. Devil. <clears throat> Those who were demon possessed, they would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. 14 says, seven sons of Siva, a Jewish priest, were also doing this. So there were multiple people doing this, right? They were trying this out. They were giving it a whirl. Don't try to cast out a demon if you don't have a personal relationship with God. If you don't know who you are in Christ, don't even attempt it. Let's hear what the word says happens next. Chief, chief priests were doing this. And 15 says, one day the evil spirit answered them. I bet they freaked out right then. When they said, in the name of Jesus, you come out of him, and, and the demons came back and answered him. That was all she wrote was that, right? I bet, the, I bet their faith went out the door because they didn't have that personal experience. One day the evil spirit answered them. Jesus said, I know, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about. Amen? He had a personal relationship with Jesus. Paul I know about, but who are you? Who are you? You ain't nobody. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You just heard of his name before. Amen, church? We want to operate in the things of Christ. We want to operate in the things of the church. We want to step out in the flow of God, but where's the relationship at in it? Amen? Y'all know what happens next, right? Let's read about it, though, just in case you don't. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped up, jumped on them and overpowered them, seven of them. I've seen a lot of fights in my days. I used to hang out with some rough folk. I've seen men beat up multiple men before. But not in this way. He gave them such a beating that they ran about the house naked and bleeding. Beat the clothes off of them. Seven of them. Seven of them. Because they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They were dabbling in something they knew nothing about. You got to listen to know him. Amen. You got to get to know him, right? So many Christians want to pray and get results. So much of the church today, we want to pray, we want to run to the house of God, and we want to pray, and, and that's the right thing to do, and they want to get results. And so many Christians today, they want to exercise authority because they've heard somebody else do it, and they've seen somebody else get results with it, right? They want to cast things out, and they want to give names to everything, and uh, all these spirits and all this, and they, but they want to do this with no relationship. Haven't even been baptized with the Holy Ghost yet, and you want to run around and try to pull some things off that you're not equipped to do. You don't have a relationship yet, right? Surely a little compromise won't hurt. This is their attitude. Surely a little bit of compromise isn't going to hurt anything, right? I, I can dabble a little bit in the world and still cast out demons, right? I can dabble a little bit in the world and expect God to answer my prayers, right? Amen? Y'all getting quiet. We know better than this, right? But that's the actions of a lot of Christians, right? Surely they want to compromise just a little bit. Surely I don't need to read the Bible that much. My pastor's been telling me I need to read the Bible every day. I, surely Wednesday and Sunday is good enough. I show up to both services they have. Surely that's good enough. I might even make it to Sunday. I might even make it to Tuesday. And, and you know, I might even teach a class. I don't need to read my Bible every day, do I? Surely not. Surely I don't really need to go to church every time it's open. 
so it's quiet. Surely I don't need to do all that, right? And I can still expect the power of God to flow in my life. I can still expect to see results, right, without the relationship. We talked about the relationship. If you're on fire in the relationship and you're sold out, you can't wait to get to the house of God. Not surely I don't have to go down there all those days. I, don't he know I got to work in the morning? That wouldn't even be a concern. Wouldn't even be a concern if we're on fire for God, if we're in love with him, if we're in that relationship, right? What are you going to do when, when you need God? If you haven't developed that relationship before then, what are you going to do when you need God? I'm talking about when your loved one's been in an accident. I'm not speaking things on anybody, but things happen in this world because of sin, right? What about when your loved one's been in an accident, something unexpected comes up, and it's in a family emergency, and you need God right now? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when your child's sick? When you don't know what to do anymore? When the medications won't bring the fever down? What are you going to do when you get that bad report that says this or that's wrong with you? What are you going to do? Do you know him? Do you have a first-hand relationship with him? Now, I'm not talking about somebody you've heard of. You see, we all know somebody that knows somebody that likes to be a name dropper because they know everybody. But I don't know those people, and they might not even really know those people. Do you know him? I'm not talking about being a name dropper and calling yourself a Christian. Do you know him, right? I mean really know him. Do you have a personal relationship with him? When's the last time you spoke? When's the last time you listened? You've got to listen to him to know him. You've got to speak and you've got to listen to him. You've got to respond to those things, right? Do you really know him? Where's your faith? Will you need your, you'll need your faith or, 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 or will you take that time when, when that time comes that you need your faith, when you need to be able to go to him, when you need to be able to exercise your authority, will you have to take time to get to know him? Sometimes you don't have time. You need to go right now. I need a miracle right now, God. God's a right now God, but you've got to know him. You can show up at my door wanting something, and I'm maybe not very likely to do it for you. But if my wife shows up wanting something, I better get it in gear, Brother Dan. You get what I'm saying? A stranger shows up and wants, wants money or a certain thing, and where did you come from? I don't even know you, and you're going to show up here. Do you know him? Are you going to have to take the time to get to know him when this time comes? Or are you going to have to call on someone else's faith? And hopefully they'll really pray right. Hopefully they'll really speak right. They won't talk about when you ask them for the help. Amen? It takes our own faith. Now, it's, it's great. It's not wrong to call on somebody and, and, and depend on their faith. If I can say, hey, I, I, this has just happened in my family. or this, I just got this report, and, and I'm believing in this. And this is the scripture that I'm standing on. Would you stand on the scripture with me? Now, that gets things done when I have my own faith that I'm bringing to the party. Amen. But I can't come with nothing and expect to jump on your faith and think things are going to happen on my behalf. Now, now, now sometimes they, that, that helps, but it helps even more if you've got your own faith to bring. Amen. You're going to have to call on somebody else's faith, or do you know him? Do you already know him? Faith, faith comes from knowing somebody, doesn't it? Think about any relationship. When you first met the person, you didn't really know him. You didn't know if you could confide in him or if you could depend on him, you could rely on him or what. But after a certain period of time goes by when they do what they say they're going to do, and God will do exactly what his word says he's going to do. He'll do exactly what he puts into us through his spirit that he's going to do. He'll do those things exactly so that we can gain confidence in him. He'll show us small miracles, small things 
if there is such thing as a small miracle, he'll show us things as we go along that we can trust in him. Faith is trust, right? It's confidence, right? It's the currency that we can spend. Matthew 17, 14 through 21 says this, and when they were come to, or, and, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. This is the King James. If you look up that meaning of that word lunatic in the, in the Greek, or if you look at multiple of the translations, it says that he was epilepsy. How many know that epilepsy is a foul spirit? How many other sicknesses or diseases are a foul spirit? Right? He says fear is a foul spirit. He says epilepsy is a foul spirit. So he's going to cast this thing out. For, for he is epileptic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to your, to your disciples and they could not cure him. They, this is after they went out two by two. This is after they had done many mighty miracles, works, signs, right? Cast out demons and they came back bragging, Lord, this stuff really worked when we came back. But this one that came and they saw with their eyes instead of getting on him spiritually, their, their, their knowledge of God, their faith wasn't that strong yet. Because they could see this demon doing this thing this boy, and to this boy. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. These are his disciples he's talking about. O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer for you? Bring him hither to me. How long am I going to have to put up with you all? With your lack of faith, with your little faith you're not developing. What would he say about our church today? These boys just been out doing it, right? They've been out casting out demons, seeing people heal, right? Some of them raised people from the dead. Not at this point they hadn't, but, but he's telling, how long must I bear with you? How long do I got to teach you about this? When are you going to do something about your faith? Amen? Do you know him? You got to listen to know him. And 18 says, and Jesus rebuked the devil, rebuked the devil, rebuked that foul spirit, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured at that very hour. Shouldn't we be able to do this with epilepsy today? What about everything else with a name? We should be able to do it right now, right? 19 says, and came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, or when they were alone, and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Now I want to give you the definition of this word unbelief. Unfaithfulness. You got to listen to know him. If you're not faithful in your relationship, your faith ain't going nowhere. Amen. Because, because of your unfaithfulness, faithless, want of faith, unbelief, or weakness of faith. So there's different, there's different degrees of faith or different sizes of faith. You could say he gave it to us as a seed size, and it's up to you to grow it. That seed size was enough to believe for salvation, but it's up to you to grow this faith now. It's up to you to get to know him, to have this relationship. That's what he made us for is the fellowship with him. Katie talked about it in Sunday school this morning. He made you to fellowship with him. The God of the universe wants fellowship with you. Fill in your name. She talked about this morning in Sunday school. He wants fellowship with you. If you have that fellowship, your faith's going to get bigger. Amen. You're hanging around with someone who never loses, or never lies, never loses either, never lies, always knows what he's talking about, always knows the answers. You'd grow confidence in a person like that, in a God like that, right? So if we're fellowshipping with him, weakness in faith. He goes on to say, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, 
So he's given us the key. He's given us a pattern of how to operate this authority that we're going to continue to talk about, right? Ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. So Jesus gives us the pattern, right? How often, or, or he, he tell, he's telling us how to operate in our authority, right? But he says it's contingent on what was the first thing he talked about, faith. It's contingent on your faith, right? It's because of your faith, verse 20 says. So this is contingent on your faith. How be it, 21 says, how be it that this kind goes out but by fasting and prayer. Now, I've always read this, and I thought he was always talking about the demons. But then when I read it this time, I saw that he could be talking about the little faith. The little faith goes out but by fasting and prayer. Because we're not praying to God, we're not fasting to God to get God to move. We're fasting to train our flesh to get closer to God. Shut your mind down for a while. Shut your flesh down for a while. Show, you can fast to try to move God. But in this sense right here, I believe he's talking about fasting to get to know God. Fasting to shut our flesh down. Fasting to shut my mind down. Because he couples the fasting with prayer. Shut, train your flesh. And then have fellowship with God, right? It's contingent on one, one another. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, so we get our faith. This, the definition for this word faith is the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. The provider and the bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. The second meaning of it in the, in, in the Greek is the character of one who can be relied on. So he's given us two answers right there in that word, in this faith comes by hearing. So we get faith, I believe, from the Holy Ghost, amen, to be able to believe that God is even real. Because it says conviction, and the Holy Ghost comes to convict and convince, right? He comes to show us our errors of our ways, it shows to show us, convict us of the sin that we're living in. I believe that's the time when we, when we get that measure of faith that he's talking about, that little seed-sized faith, and we can come and we can, we can rely on him, right? John 16 and 8 says he comes to convict, right? But it's also the character of one who can be relied on. We have to listen to God. We have to get to know God to understand that's his character, to understand that's his way. That's, the, that's just who he is. He is the one that can be relied on. He is the one that I can depend on, right? James 2 and 19 says, you believe that God is, is one, or you believe that God is one, you do. Well, even the demons believe and shudder. There's a response out of even the demons. There's a response to their faith. They know that God is real. Doesn't mean they're living right. Doesn't mean they responded correctly to him. But they respond out of trembling fear, right? Because they know about him. But they don't know him. They don't know him, right? <laughs> we must develop our faith then. We have to take it from the seed-sized faith to something larger. Do we not? We want to operate in these things. We want, to see the, we want to see the giftings of the Spirit move in our church. We want to be able to operate in authority. We want to be able to go to God. What, was it Elisha that went to God and, and, and it didn't rain for three and a half years? Elijah? See, that's what I'd like for my prayer life to look like. Until he went back again and talked to God and then it rained. We want those type of results, right? We must develop our faith. Some might ask, for what for? What do I need my faith for? i got a preacher. I can call on him. He'll pray anytime I ask him to. I got grandma and she'll pray any, any time I want her to. It's to use it. It's to operate in the fullness of all that God has for us. We must develop our faith, right? Jesus talked about great faith. He talked about little faith. He's talked about developing faith, right? 
different measures of faith. God has no respecter of persons. He didn't give me a greater faith than you have. He didn't give Sister Brenda a greater faith than I have. Amen. He gave us all that little seed size of faith. And it's up to you individually. It's up to us. I'm not preaching down to anybody. It's up to us individually to develop that faith. In Matthew 17, 21, when he talks about this, this epilepsy, he talks about fasting and prayer. That's to get to know him. In that prayer, when you're fasting and you're shutting your flesh off, you have to pray and talk to God and tell him, Lord, I'm doing this. I want to draw close to you. Your word says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Lord, I thank you for your word. How can I get closer to you? Here I am. I'm reaching out to you, Lord. And now I'm going to be quiet and listen for you. It's to get to know him. It's to get to know him. You have to listen, though, to know him. Sometimes we've got to quiet ourselves. In Genesis 1, and 20, or 126, or 1, 26 through 28, I'm still talking about faith here, right? I'm still talking about the authority that he's given us. I'm still talking about you have to listen. Remember last week I talked about listening to operate in some things? It's kind of a series here. So this week we're still talking about listen. You got to listen to operate in your authority. You got to listen to have enough faith to do anything with it. I mean, you can, you can get saved, but it even comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can't get saved without hearing about it first. You're not going to be able to operate in this authority that I'm talking about if you don't hear about it first. And if you don't do something with it, if you don't take this word and apply it to your life. And Genesis, God, I'm just bringing this scripture out. Let's go back to the, the beginning of the book because God intended this from the beginning. This is how he designed us to operate. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. This word dominion right here in the Bible dictionary means make to, have dominion, prevail against, reign, make to or to bear or to rule over or to take. That's in the Bible dictionary. In the Hebrew, it means to rule, have dominion, dominate, or tread down. He wants us to dominate on the earth. His people. His people, right? Now, man messed it up, and Jesus had to come back and re-gift it again to us. But he wants us to dominate here on this earth, his people, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over, every, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. doesn't say people in here. We can't dominate people. But we should dominate things over the earth, right? Spiritual authority. So God created man in his own image. And, the, and in the image of God created him male and female, created them. Ladies, you got the same authority. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that's saved has this authority. You're tapped into it, but you got to have the faith. you got to have the faith to turn the spigot. And you got to know what belongs to you, or you're never going to know where to walk over and turn over the spigot. He meant to turn on the spigot, I mean to say. He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it. This word subdue means to subject, subdue, force, keep under. The things of this world should be underneath of us, right? Isn't that ironic that in Ephesians 1, uh, like 19 through 23, he says he put everything under his feet. He's the head and we're the body, right? Force to keep under to bring into bondage. In the Hebrew, to bring into bondage, to bring into bondage, to make subservient, to subdue, to force, to violate, to tread down, or to dominate. You know, when you tread something down, you don't just walk over at one time. I've talked about this in here before. There was a, there was a trail. My, my grandparents both lived next door to each other. One had 10 kids and one had eight kids. They live in two houses next door to each other. And they said when the school bus pulled up, pulled up it filled the whole school bus up or half the school bus up. So anyways, there was a general store one block over from their house. And there was a path that they had walked on for years through there to get down there. And you could go down and 
buy soda pops when you used to pull them out of the machine and stuff when I was a kid. Um, but they had walked down this path for years, and it looked like a cow path. You know how the dirt was even compacted. The grass was gone off of it, and the dirt was compacted in, the, in there. And, and it, it would take a lot to even get it muddy because the dirt was so packed tight in there that the water didn't penetrate it. The water would shed off of it, right? This is a picture of to tread down. It's something that you go over, and you go over it, and you go over it. You don't speak things one time. You speak them and you praise God. Amen. You got to keep going over it. You got to keep going back to your relationship. Amen. He wants us to, to, to subdue it, subdue the world, to tread it down and have dominion over the fish or, or, or authority over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. Amen. Amen. And I still got time, so I got a bonus for you. Bonus scripture is not on the wall. Isn't this fun to give you a bonus scripture? Y'all want some more word? Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power, God's power, toward usward, or toward us, I, I went King James on you, but I'm reading New King James, toward, toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. We're talking about his power, right? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, right? Far above. This authority that you have is far above, right? All principality. How much principality? All. All of it. All principality, power, and might, and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that is to come. What's got a name? Cancer's got a name. Poverty's got a name. Sickness got a name. Disease, virus, coronavirus. That's, that's a name too, right? All these things have a name, right? Lack. Need. Amen? Have name. My spiritual authority is far above all of those things. There's going to be other things that oppose me, he's saying. But he's given us the authority. He's, he's letting us tap into his power that's far above all these things. Y'all should get excited right there. Far above, not just a little bit of, far above, far above all these things. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. Talking about Christ. Christ is the head of the church, right? All things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. It's his power that fulfills everything. Amen? So spiritually speaking, we're seated at the right hand of God with, with Jesus, right? We, ha we have Jesus there at intercessory prayer for us all the time. Correct? How many know that you can't leave your head right here and get up and go to the bathroom with your body? Don't work that way. Doesn't work that way. We're tapped into that same power that he's talking about there. You should write that down. You should memorize that scripture right there. That anything with a name that opposes you, you just remember, I got authority over you, and I got authority over you, and I got authority over you, and I got authority over you, because God said so, because I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. The church, the people are the church, not this building. You all understand that, right? We're the body. Christ is the head. That gives us ability to tap into that power through our faith-filled words, but you got to listen to know him, right? This authority is based on knowing him. Right after he did this in, in, in Genesis, we just talked about. He came in, he, he made everything. You ever wonder why he made he, he, he told Adam to name all the animals? Think about that. Adam was going to be the one calling them down. He made all this place for us to live in. And he said, here you go, Adam, you name them all. You give them their names, and you're going to call them down. You're going to use your words, your faith-filled words, and you're going to speak to these things, and you're going to subdue this place, and it's going to be subject to you. Everything here is going to be subject to you, Adam. 
Everything except the people, they're not going to be, but, but, but the people aren't listed in that list, right? Adam had ongoing fellowship with God, though. Yeah. Ongoing, right? God came down and walked in the cool of the evening with him. In Genesis 3 and 8, it says, Now they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves. So this compromise separated them from their fellowship. It separated them from being able to use their authority. Because where there's no fellowship, there's no faith. Amen. Do we know him? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. So when they hid themselves, when, when, when this compromise looked like something was better. Looked like something's better on Wednesday night. I got to take care of. I got to go to the ball game. Chiefs are playing at noon today, so I, I need to be out of here, preacher. I'm going to have to get up and leave if you ain't done. You laugh, but I've heard that before. Think about it. A little bit of compromise separated them from God, separated them from their authority, separated them from their fellowship. You separate, you separate us from the fellowship, it's over with, folks. Just that little bit of compromise. Katie talked about this morning, she related it to walking out on a, on, on a lake of ice, and you, and you first start off and you step on it, you test it just a little bit, and that didn't seem too bad, so you go a little further. And you test that, and that doesn't seem too bad, so you go a little further. And pretty soon, you're off somewhere out in way left field. Amen? Just a little bit of compromise. The Bible gives a clear definition to it. For him to know it to do good and do it not, to him it is sin. So is not fellowship with God sin? If you know better. If you know better, right? He made you to fellowship with him. What makes you think he don't want to fellowship with you? Jesus had to give it again. Jesus had to come back. God, or man gave up this. He sent his disciples out two by two. He gave it back to us in Luke 10, 19. Go there and memorize the verse. It's my favorite verse, right? Getting to know God should be our number one priority. That's it. If you don't take anything else out of this today, getting to know God should be your number one priority. You might say, I'm a Christian. I go to church, preacher. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you have that personal, intimate relationship with him? Can you go to him right now and call on him and silence yourself and hear him speak back to you? Can you do that? Do you say the right things when you see the wrong things? Because if you truly know him, and we all mess up in this, we all make mistakes. But when you truly know him and what he's capable of and what he's already said that he'll do, you wouldn't speak for your doubt and unbelief. You'd only speak what his word said on the situation. When we really know him. So this is something that we all need to work on. It's not some preacher preaching down to you because you ain't done this well enough. This is somewhere where we all got to we, we do better with it. Get to know him because when you truly know him, you'll speak the truth all the time. And the facts are subject to the truth. Does it matter what it looks like if I'm speaking the truth? And if I know the one who spoke the truth, really know him, that's going to be my first response. That's going to be my go-to. Not speak a whole bunch of other garbage first. And then my wife say, did you pray about this? Did you talk to God? Did you use your authority? You're talking all wrong. I'm not the only one that does that, right? We all do it, right? Can we make a commitment today? I mean, I mean just yourself. Make a commitment today. Write it down if you need to. God, I want to get to know you better. I don't care how far I've came, how much better I am than I used to be. I want to know you better. 
I want to operate in these giftings this preacher's talking about. I want to be able to operate in this authority. I want to be able to follow your leading. I want to know your voice, Lord. The sheep follow the voice of the shepherd. They know his voice. They know his voice. And by knowing his voice and following after only their shepherd, it gives them protection. It gives them provision. Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you better. I know that I haven't arrived. I know that I'm not good enough because I'm being perfected. Could we ask him that this morning, that he would help? His word says, I'll draw nigh to you if you'll draw nigh to me. If you're willing to just reach out, take that first step. Lord, take me by the hand. Here I am. I'm, draw, I, I'm reaching out here, Dad. This may be new to you. It may be old hat. Don't dismiss it. Lord, I'm reaching out here today. Draw me in. Draw me to you. I want to know you better, Lord. Could we all ask him that today? Just submit to him and ask him that today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just search my heart today, Father God. See if there's anything there unpleasing to you, Father God. Lord, purge that out of me if there is, Father God. There's nothing worth more than me to my, than my relationship with you, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would help me to know you better, Father God. You, you, you know the message that you give me this week, Father God. I want to know you better. I want to operate in your giftings more, Father. I, I want to be right by you all the time, Father. Lord, I want to speak the right words all the time, Father God, and get those negative things out of my heart and out of my mouth, Father God, out of my mind, Lord. Lord, I want you to change my mind today, Father God. Use my life to minister to others, Daddy. You, Lord, use, I, I pray that you would use miracles, signs, and wonders, Lord, through this church, Lord, through this congregation, Daddy, through our relationship with you, Father God. Use those things to see souls saved for your kingdom, Dad. Lord, to see people's lives change, Lord, for generations, Lord. Generations of people come in, Lord. Great-great-grandparents, Lord. The great-grandparents, the grandparents, Lord. The moms, the dads, the children, Lord. The, the grandchildren, Lord. You, Generations of people, Lord, added to this church, Lord. Because of your greatness, Lord. Because of our relationship with you, Lord. Because they see something. They see the spirit in us, Lord, because of our relationship with you, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would draw us into this place, Father God. We're reaching to you today, Father. Hands are out today, Father God, wanting to draw near to you, Lord. We're taking the first step, Daddy. Lord, cause us to be serious with this, Father God. Just be real before you today, Father God. Convict, Lord, convince here on this day, Daddy. Lord, would you please just draw us near to you? Set a fire, Lord. Set a hunger down inside of us, Lord. Cause us to discipline ourselves, Daddy. I know that desire follows discipline, Father God. Cause us to discipline ourselves, Dad. Lay some other things aside. Some hobbies, some television, and whatever it takes, Lord. Some social media. Lay those things aside and use that time for my fellowship with you, for our fellowship with you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would quicken us, Father God, when we pick up that phone to get on social media or whatever the case may be, however we're, we're wasting our time, Father. That time could be better spent with you, Daddy. Lord, convict us of those things. Remind us of those things, Dad. When we go to do these things that are, that, that are time wasters, Father God, that our time could be better spent in your presence. Thank you for these things, Daddy. We praise you, Lord.
In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agrees by saying, Amen. Amen.